Welcome to Nutrition for Life, the podcast that goes beyond your plate, brought to you by Herbalife Nutrition. My name's Carol Walker, and in each episode, I'll be speaking to guests from across Europe and beyond to explore some of the biggest topics in the world of nutrition and food, from nutrition itself, food safety and sustainability, to the rise of plant-based protein alternatives, dieting and food labelling. We've got it all for you in this series. Coming up in this episode, we're tackling the vital issue of food waste. How much food do you throw away? Well, according to the World Food Programme, a third of all food produced globally is wasted. They say between 95 and 115 kilograms of food waste is produced per person annually. In fact, they say that all the food produced annually and then wasted would feed 2 billion people. So why do we waste so much food? And how can we cut down the amount that we waste? Is it about awareness or changing our own behaviour? Or does responsibility really lie with the producers, hospitality and supermarkets? Well, in this episode, we'll look at the issue at each link in the chain, from consumer, purveyor to producer, and ask how we can reduce food waste at every stage. But before I introduce our guests, producer Steve Bland and his six-year-old son, Freddie, have been keeping a food waste diary for the past seven days. This is how they got on. It's um, Tuesday morning and um, I'm actually moving house this week. And uh, so it's a bit of an unusual week in terms of food waste. But I've just been going through all my cupboards and finding all the, all the food that's in my cupboards uh, that's gone out of date. Uh, but essentially, I'm wasting. We've got cans of kidney beans, cans of haricot beans, cans of lentils. Uh, some of it's still edible, but yeah, a lot of it's going out, and, and that's just, it's not too good, is it? It's um, it's Thursday morning. I've just woken up to the sound of the, of the bin lorry. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, and on the side of the bins, it says that wasting food costs the family an average of £70 a month. The big letters, life with less food waste on the side. So it's uh, Saturday night. I've just ordered a an Indian takeaway, but because I live on my own, it's very difficult. Um, you know, they don't really serve portions just for one person, so I try and cut down as much as I can. But inevitably, there's a bit of waste. So I've just uh, ju- just been chucking away uh, what was left. We've got some chicken. We've got half a portion of rice. You know, little bits and bobs that all add up to probably you know, full meal for someone, really. I think that's probably a mixture of my wastefulness, but also the challenge of being by yourself. So let's bring in my guests this week. Stéphane Leroux is the executive director of the International Food Waste Coalition. They work with mass catering companies, restaurants, hotels and other hospitality across Europe to reduce waste. Stefan, hello. Hello, thanks for having me. Also with us today is Alex Theodoridis, co-founder and chief food saving warrior of Baroom, a non-profit organization whose mission is to reduce food waste and to fight malnutrition in Greece. Alex, hello to you. Hi, thank you for having me. Good to have you both with us. Um, Stefan, um, first of all, just tell us a bit about the International Food Waste Coalition. 
Sure. Um, well, this is a coalition that was born six years ago at the initiative of the food service mass catering industry. And the overall idea here was to actually put resources in common to try and find the global challenges and the common challenges of, of food waste. Um, and soon it was uh, enlarged to hospitality business as a whole. So to get now together, we've got around the table, the food service, uh, the hospitality, and I should say the restaurants, uh, all uh, facing the same issue, all putting resources in common and all willing to share, evaluate new technology and eventually to disseminate this new technology to fight food waste within their own restaurants and kitchen. Well, it sounds like a fascinating and a very timely uh, project. Uh, Alex, what about you? How does Barum work? Well, Borume means uh, we can in Greek. So and what we can is uh, save a lot of food and give it to the people in need. This is how we started 10 years ago from very, a very simple idea to make food saving very, very easy to do for a, for a donor and for a recipient charity receive. So we created a new model of food saving, of direct food uh, saving and offering. And from this, we created an organization that grew and grew and now has, has an holistic pro- approach to food saving uh, in two pillars basically one pillar are all our food saving programs in every aspect of the food chain so uh, farmers markets uh, the field and every every place where there is surplus food in this country and the second pillar is all about awareness raising and there we have for example our educational program which is the biggest in Greece for food uh, waste then we have uh, the national agreement which we have created in Greece uh, and coordinate until today and for example we have also the our last program, which is uh, the certification called No Waste, which we have created with uh, TÜV Austria, uh, a certifier. They're both clearly really important projects. Um, Stefan, nobody wants to waste food, um, especially at the moment. We're going through this cost of living crisis and it's not in the interests of business either than uh, non-individuals, of course. So why do you think we've got those astronomical amounts of food waste happening in so many countries? Yeah, I, I think simplistically, I think it comes to two points. The first one is that we produce too much food, clearly. And, and the reason for that is because, well, one, we want to sustain our own agriculture. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it needs political courage to cut production uh, and, and it, will, it doesn't go without creating trouble. Um, the second is that we are in a culture of abundancy and, and uniformity, right? So big is beautiful. I mean, we want to give the, costu- the consumers a lot of choice. We want uniform products. We don't like, you know, a strange shapes, uh, strange size. So all of this creates on the production side a lot of food waste. Uh, on the second, on, on the other side, uh, we buy too much. And why do we buy too much? Well, it comes to consumers' behaviors. And I believe this is linked to two main things. The first one is the value of food. Food is a very affordable item these days. I mean, back in the 60s, people would tend to spend 30% of their income in buying food. Today, it's roughly 10%. So it's very affordable. I mean, food is very cheap. There's never been that cheap, actually, in history. And second, I mean, it is okay. I mean, there is a general acceptance that Wasting food is okay, actually. I mean, if you would ask people on the street, they will tell you, well, I don't waste too much. I waste a little food. Um, so you have to confront people. Well, first, but define little. And second, why do you do that? And, and at the end of the day, I mean, it comes to consumers' behaviors, which is, I would say, the big elephant in the room. 
Uh, Alex, if I turn to you, I know that you do a, a lot of work in Greece. Clearly, some countries are going to be better or worse than others. Is it a big problem in Greece or are people there perhaps a little bit more focused on this and perhaps buy more fresh food, buy just what they need to eat? Yeah, well, first of all, when we started 10 years ago, uh, nobody was even talking about it. <laughs> Let's begin with that. I mean, we were so far away from, from dealing with this issue that we were, were not even talking about it. So second, as in every developed rich country, Greece, with a, with a high per capita income, Greece also has a big uh, food waste problem. Then you take into account that we are a Mediterranean Eastern uh, culture uh, country where, you know, we love to give a lot of food to people. And we are very generous with food. Plus we, plus we produce a lot of food, as Stefan just said. So uh, here, if you, if you invite somebody, if, 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 it's, if it's the food is not falling off the table, then you're not a good host, right? This, this was the case here. So it's a cultural thing as well. And, and I'm talking as a half Greek, half German person. So I'm, I grew up between two cultures, which are very different in terms of uh, food saving and food waste, right? So in Greece, if, if we talk more seriously, the last evidence and research in Greece shows that we are um, wasting per person per year 98 kilograms, uh, which is a little bit higher than the EU average. Um, and half of that could be uh, uh, avoided. So this is the important thing. Half of that is food that we could avoid. It's, it should not end up um, in the garbage bin. So here it's also an immense awareness uh, issue, but also a cultural one. When you say half of that could be avoided, mm -hmm. um, what do you mean? That we're throwing, or, or that people in Greece are throwing away food that they could actually be eating, even though um, perhaps it was intended for the previous day or whatever? Absolutely. This is this is this is true for every country, uh, at least in the European Union. So there is an, a certain amount of food and percentage of food that is recognized internationally that you couldn't save. Like like there there are some stuff in in the food chain that you know they're gonna be wasted. Okay, there are some for, there are some ways in order to upscale them or do something else with them, but as a household you will you will you will throw them away. So that's why I'm saying 98 kilograms of which half uh, could be avoided, okay? And, and Stefan, uh, that kind of cultural approach uh, that Alex was talking about there, uh, do, do we see that a lot, particularly perhaps in um, Mediterranean countries where it, there is that great tradition of, you know, the, the, the wonderful celebratory meals of providing hospitality and so on? It, it, does that add to the waste problem it does in a way uh, but i would say that the problem of food waste is well shared across europe i mean i couldn't point any countries are doing very much better than the other i mean uh, alex mentioned 90 kilos per per capita and per year i mean th that's probably on the high scale in europe but you know the lowest is 60 65 you know so so i mean it's a well shared problem and and and, and the the being i mean the problem being that and i come back to consumers' awareness, you know, behaviors, um, this is, this is, you know, the question is how do you change that in the end, right? I mean, despite cultural habits and so on and so forth. Well, what we found out, actually, not us, but, but you know, the, the scientific community and researchers is that just doing awareness, raising awareness, as a limited efficiency, um, and, and you know, we see that in a campaign everywhere saying it's bad to, to, to waste. Well, people will barely change their behaviors. 
So what we're investigating actually in the coalition is, is what we call um, social norms and, 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 and nudges. And, and it sounds to me, I mean, it seems to be a bit more powerful here. So it's just a communication around the fact that actually the world is changing a bit. I mean, people and consumers' behavior starts to change. I mean, you see more and more people emptying their plate at a restaurant, for instance. So if you, if you try and communicate towards that, which is a bit more positive, to the people that are still wasting, well, you, you're trying to tell them, okay, the social norm is, is, is changing and people tend to, likes to be in, 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 the, in, the, in the move, right, in the, in, the, in, the, on, in the wave. So we are seeing positive, uh, really positive uh, impact, just not raising awareness, but working on the social norms and communicating on the social norms. Yeah, Alex, I know that some of your teams actually go out into food markets in Greece, which is a great idea. Just sort of directly saying to stallholders, presumably, look, if you're if you're going to throw that away, we can find a use for it. I mean, how much is it about that kind of uh, direct in involvement and engagement and how much is it about working with governments, Alex? Yeah, uh, well, I absolutely agree with Stefan. It's just not—it's it's not just raising awareness. You have to change social norms, and if I might add, you have to make it easy for people to donate when they have surplus food. So this, is, this is this is where we started from. We said we need to make it as easy as possible for somebody to give. Not they should give not because it's you know they feel they feel philanthropic on one day and the next they don't. No, you need to make it so easy for them. And this is what we did with our model, and that they're gonna change their daily routine and they're gonna in, include this in their in their everyday action this is what we did and this this is why in 10 years with with a ridiculous budget if you ask me we've saved more than 60 million portions of food in a very small country so it's it's all about making it easy and change changing social norms so if you're talking about the farmers market we go there and they have to do nothing else rather than just put the, the what they have left over in, 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 in the supermarket uh, trolley that we use to go through the farmer's market on a street. That's everything they have to do. Everything else is taken care of. This, this food goes directly to a local charity that waits with their van at the end of, uh, of, of every farmer's market. And this is done now in 32 farmer's markets uh, in Athens and Thessaloniki. And uh, from this very little initiative, we save uh, and, and donate around 15 to 20 tons of um, fresh produce every month. It's a fantastic idea. And uh, Stefan, is that the, the sort of initiative that we could perhaps introduce on a much bigger scale? I mean, I know that, for example, one of the um, uh, well-known sandwich chains in the UK, I think towards the end of the day when they're closing, they give some of their surplus stuff to homeless charities and so on. Surely there could be more of that. Yeah, truly. I mean, I think this is getting uh, much more developed now. I mean, you've got what Alex described as a, just a charity thing and a lot of, you know, association uh, are working around that already. And, and we need more of that. Definitely. You've got also the well-known uh, apps on mobile where you can buy, you know, the leftover at the end of the day and you go there and you get a half price uh, sandwich, whatever. So this is, this is, I mean, progressing. But I would insist that at the end of the day, I mean, the best waste is the one that you're not creating, right? So working early early on on the chain just to avoid for this waste to be created is absolutely where we are putting most of our efforts today. Not saying that you should not donate. You should. But, you know. Uh, but Stefan, you talked about changing 
consumer behavior. But isn't there also much more that, uh, for example, the supermarkets, the restaurants can do? If you go into a supermarket, um, certainly in the UK, often it's quite difficult to buy the amount that you need. We've, we know we've got a lot of um, smaller households these days. Uh, sometimes it's really hard or not economic to buy the small quantities that you know you're going to use. And, and surely there should be ways of supermarkets um, helping to address waste that is created through that. Right. Well, you, you've got another issue behind that, which is a packaging issue. I mean, if, if, you, if you go into the small portion of things, you're just going to multiply the packaging. I mean, and we don't want that to happen. So that's why the, the bulk um, serving, whatever you call it in English, but people go there and, and you get your pasta in bulk. So you just take whatever you need. That's that's a better option, in my opinion, but you're absolutely right. I've been trying to design the best portion, taking into account that you want to be sustainable on the packaging side as well. That's definitely an issue. Uh, we are more on the, on the restaurant, which is, which is uh, or canteen or corporate restaurant or, you know, school, school canteen, for instance, which is a bit of the same problem. Uh, you don't have packaging. You just need to make sure that the communication between the consumer and the, the person that will serve the meal is well handled so that this person gets the portion he wants, not too much and not too little. Uh, so you've got different aspects, whether you, you are on the retail and or on the, on the more on the consu- consumers facing restaurants kind of thing. And, and you've got side issues, as I said. So it's a complex one, definitely. Yeah. And, and Alex, you know, at least if you're going to the food market, uh, presumably a lot of that stuff is sold loose, isn't it? So you can actually buy, let's say, instead of having to buy a, a packet of six pairs, you could buy a couple if you're perhaps somebody who lives on your own. Um, perhaps supermarkets and the big food chains should look at that a bit more. Well, um, you, if... You're right, and this is correct, especially for the farmer's markets here. And people tend to buy their fresh uh, stuff here in farmer's markets. But we have to uh, look at it... um we have to look at the whole scale, right? So supermarkets, if you if you take it proportionally, it's just 5% of the whole food waste, right? Households are 60% of the food waste. And as exactly as Stefan said, we started by creating a model of saving food. And then we realized, okay... This is also a place where we can save food. And this is also a place. So we created these programs to save food. But then we said, is that the point? No. The point is to avoid the creation of food waste. So if you look at the inverted food waste pyramid, the famous one from RAP, first and foremost is prevention. And this is why we do all the awareness raising uh, we do all the all the online campaigns. We go to um, uh, we speak uh, in in different presentations. We speak in schools, right? And because you you have to start with households. Sixty percent of our food waste in the European Union is in our kitchen, in our refrigerator. So this is where we have to start in order to reduce the creation of food waste, which is exactly what Stefan said. Yeah, and I just wonder. In um, a lot of British supermarkets now have just removed the best before labels from a whole range of different products. Um, I mean, I'm someone, (laughs) unless it's actually something like a a piece of fish, I wouldn't worry too much if, uh, you know, a a vegetable or a a piece of fruit or something like that is well past its date. But is that something, um, Stefan, I mean, there's a balance here, isn't it? We we don't want to waste food, but on the other hand, we don't want to eat stuff that's actually going to make us ill. 
No, obviously, obviously. I think I think what they are changing actually, it's what you said the the best before the best before dates. So these basically are foods that you can eat afterwards after the date is passed. Actually, so probably maybe you're gonna see a change in taste of the of of not not even sure. So it's not it's not at its optimum uh, when it comes to the taste of the thing. But don't worry. I mean, you can eat it. I mean, the things that you know for which there is there is health issues. I mean, there is no change foreseen whatsoever on this, like the dairy, like the meat, like the fish. Well, you know, they're going to be sticking to, you know, uh, the dates that it's on the packaging and you should not eat that after the date is, is actually over. So, uh, but the best before dates, I mean, if you, if you buy a can of tomato, uh, whatever uh, it is, I mean, you can eat it, I mean, whenever, basically. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder whether there's um, a generational thing here, Alex. I, I, I mean, I know that... Um, my parents would never waste anything, and and uh, you you know my mother would save a tiny little piece in the of cheese in the fridge and maybe grate it and use it into something. Um, but I wonder whether things are going to swing back in that direction now, um, given that you know we, we're all desperately trying to save money. We can't afford to waste food like this, can we? If if you ask me, it's gone. You are absolutely right. It is a generation thing. My my grandmother would never waste anything in her village, and actually, they would honor if if they would like a, a slaughter a pig or a chicken, they would honor the, the 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 animal by using everything, right? And they had to because they had no money, right? So then we became very affluent, as Stefan Wright said. We created a culture of abundance. Then we we pretty much uh, destroyed our planet because we over uh, produce everything and now if it's going to change and it is going to change i'm very confident it's going to change it's going to change not because of because of money but because of environmental awareness uh, money is also very important of course and especially this year with inflation etc etc but as stefan very correctly said it's still very cheap in our privileged societies right when we're not talking about the, the rest yeah. we're talking yeah. about here in europe so if it's going to change and it is changing and, and we are observing it every day it is going to change because we're going to increase the environmental awareness and you can see for example with fridays for future and all these uh, uh, movements that there is an increased awareness and you see the next generation saying hey guys um you know what we need to change now our behavior because uh, you're going to be gone and we're going to inherit, inherit the planet and it's not going to look good. So we're going to start doing something now. And they're absolutely right. So this is, this is uh, and it's changing. We're talking about social norms. And I give you a very simple example in restaurants, because Stefan mentioned in restaurants. Ten years ago in Greece, when I would ask for a doggy bag, as we say, even, yeah. even the term doggy bag is derogatory for what it is, right? It's undermining <laughs> it because it's for my dog. No, it's for me. If I would ask for, for this in Greece, they would like, you know, what? What do you want to do with my food? And what, what what is wrong with you? Even my friends. Now, in the past years, they even offer it themselves to, to me. I don't even have to ask it. And this is like, and it's changed. And it's very acceptable. Not only acceptable, it's, it's you know, people uh, look very positively into that. That, you know, you're taking it with you. You're not throwing it away. The restaurant feels good about it asking you to get to take it with you because you're honoring the food that you bought and it's it is changing and it will it will change and it will become even better i'm very confident stefan uh, your thoughts on that on this generational issue first of all i think it's very much a value thing um you know uh when it hurts uh i mean 
if it has some value, you're not going to be throwing it. Let's 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 be honest. Huh? You're not throwing your uh, your wallet. You're not throwing your whatever. Huh? Uh, what you think is of value. So I think it's very much a value thing, really. Uh, and and I think the cost of throwing of wasting is going to be so high in the near future, either be, because collecting organic waste is going to be damn expensive and people will have to pay a lot for people to come and collect their waste. And or because the, the, the cost of food will be much higher, that it's not going to be acceptable anymore in the near future, I'm sure, to, to, to waste food at the level uh, we are. Um, it may be too simplistic, but I think it comes back at the uh, a big driver is value here. I, I'm a getting businesses, uh, as Alex was talking about, to... Um, acknowledge, you know, yeah, this idea of of a doggy bag. I've seen a bit of a change in that in the UK. We were um, at, at a local vegetarian restaurant um, the other night, and and they offered us a, a box to say, "Would you like to take the rest of this home?" I mean, surely those sorts of initiatives are so simple, Stefan. Yeah, of course, of course, and and I think um, I think administration and, and, and government are playing a big role here. I mean. Now, I mean, in, in, in most countries in Europe, I mean, it, it is like um, something that they have to do, right? I mean, if the, cost, if the consumer asks before, they were not forced to do that. And as Alex said, it's, it, it, it starts with probably a, a regulation and then it comes into, it goes into the social norm. So it's like, you know, it's, it's not only, a, you, you know, you can do it, but you have to do it if you want to be, uh, you know, uh, within the trend. So uh, it's, I'd, yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a simple thing. At the end of the day, it's, it, 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 it's back to, you know, back to very simple thing. You know, what do you buy? Uh, what do you do with your leftover? Can you take it with you? You know, it's simple. It's very simple thing. It's not rocket science. I mean, and it comes back to everyone's behaviors. Um, Alex, what about the role of, of government and of legislation? Um, do you think that there are more, I don't know what the Greek government's attitude towards all of this is, um, but it, or whether they're, they, they, they set us a good example? Well, you probably picked the wrong country to choose to speak about this because uh, <laughs> I will just mention that we are a very small NGO and we were the ones pressing the government to do what they had to do in order to incorporate Directive 851 international law. This is how much work we have to do here. Uh, well, just remind we, us what we, that law is. Yeah, sorry. The Directive 851 is the you know the big directive of the European Commission regarding waste in general, of which of course food waste is a big part, right? So this had this is something that every member state needs to incorporate into national law, um, following specific uh, directives. So. And there are deadlines for this. And we were calling them up and we're saying, what are you doing with this? I mean, the, the deadline is coming and, you know, there was no activity going on. But finally, they, they got their, you know, stuff together and we consulted them a lot. Uh, we are also, from, from the beginning, a member of the EU platform on food waste and food losses, which is a big honor for us of the European Commission since 2016. And, um, you know, we, we, we try to incorporate lots of things uh, in order to have, you know, give incentives to companies uh, to save food and reduce their food waste. Um, some of the stuff was incorporated. For example, it was the first time we created here a legal framework regarding food waste. So, you know, if you start from zero, even five is good, but we need to go even further. We need to be around 50 right now. So it depends always from where 
which angle you look at it. If you look at it from the angle that we had nothing yet, it's 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 a step forward. If you look at it from where I'm coming from, where we really wanted to have a lot of uh, you know brave stuff incorporated into law, no, we 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 missed a big chance to do stuff there. Um, but you know, a positive a positive aspect of that as well is that we have their ear now, which we didn't before. I mean, now they're listening, right? Even that is a positive development, if you ask me. Before, I mean, five, six years ago, even even other governments of other parties in this country, right, they wouldn't even listen to us. So now, at least they're listening. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and Stefan, it is a difficult one, isn't it, for governments? Because um, if they meddle and interfere too much, they know that they're going to be accused of being the, the nanny state and meddling in people's lives. But I mean, presumably, um, legislation can be part of the solution. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. It cannot be the one, the only one solution. I mean, the private sector and, and, and people by themselves, they have to do a lot. Absolutely. But but yes, I mean, they have to do something and they're starting to be very serious about doing something now. I mean, Alex mentioned the EU platform and, and, uh, and next year, I mean, they are supposed to put targets for, uh, for Europe uh, in terms of, uh, of uh, food loss and waste reduction, uh, which we don't have uh, today. I mean, there is a UN... Uh, uh, 12.3. I mean, we know that, but uh, as as as, um, as as for Europe, there is nothing yet. Uh, they are starting. What is the UN 12.3. Uh, Explain that to us. Yes. So the the uh, the UN is the United United Nations Sustainable uh, Development Goals, and and that's the one that is basically saying that uh, the objective is to reduce food in half, so by 50 percent between food waste. Sorry, uh, between 2015 and 2030. Right. So this is the one that we are committed, we as an organization, we as people, uh, and I think we as a country, at least part of the UN, to achieve. But that needs to be translated a bit more in, 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 in objective. Um, and Europe, you know, they said they, they like it, but they haven't put it an, 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 in, in, on paper yet. Uh, it's coming. It's, it's for 2023, so which is a very positive one. The other thing they are saying, actually, is that as from this year, all the member states have to report food waste. So they will have to report their own food waste by country. And, and of course, I mean, to be able to do that, they're going to ask, you know, the private sector also to report. So, you know, it starts with this. It starts to try and understand where we, where we stand. And we don't know. I mean, frankly speaking, we don't know what it is. I mean, you mentioned, Carol, uh, 30%. This is a big number. I mean, one third of food is wasted. This is the number we are hearing. Well, last year, UNEP said, well, actually, it's not. It's, for, it's more 40%. So just tells me that the problem is big. We don't know what it is. And, and to be able to handle it properly, we need to be able to report, track, measure food waste so that you can hide and fine-tune your action. Yeah, and uh, trying to tell the Americans that they've got to have smaller portions might be uh, <laughs> quite and a challenge. If, if, if I might add, Carol, uh, to what Stefan very correctly is saying, that's why one of the first steps uh, done by the European Commission, which is super important, it sounds very boring as many things in the, in the Commission, but it's very important, is to agree upon a, a methodology to measure food waste. That sounds very easy, but trust me, we've been going about this for at least five to six years on the EU platform. 
It's not easy. And, and in Greece, because we don't have a lot of research like in other countries, uh, like academia is not doing a lot of research or big companies, here, and that, that was one positive thing of our law last year, here we said we, uh, the private sector will have to report because we, the Greeks said will not get uh, data <laughs> out of the way because not, there is not much research by universities done or by big companies, right? So that's, that's here. They have, a, they have an obligation since this year uh, to do that. So we have agreed upon the methodology to measure exactly what it is. And, uh, and it starts with that. I mean, I, 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 I always joke about, you know, reduce 50% by 2030. And I say, this is a basic mathematical problem. If you don't have a baseline, 50% of what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to reduce the 50% of what? Of what exactly? So you, it's, right? So that's why it's very important to start with this and, and you know, be in the clear of what we're talking about. Uh, it's an important question. Um, just both of you, fairly briefly, if you could, uh, let's gaze into the crystal ball. If, if we look 10 years on, um, Stefan, do you think we are going to be in a much better place on this? Definitely. I, I'm, I don't know it's whether I'm optimistic by nature or, or if this is, you know, uh, uh, becoming uh, the truth. But yeah, I, I think I think I definitely think because first I see a lot of initiative, not only from the public, but from the private sector as well. And we are a good example of that. You know, people deciding to put resources, not competing on this topic, but just tackling the challenge, accelerating innovation, accelerating dissemination of solutions. So that's, I'm seeing that very positively. And second, I think, you know, we, we, we will not, I mean, we, we could not, I mean, we, will, we won't be able to afford uh, wasting anymore. I mean, the cost, again, of wasting food is going to be much too high on an economic standpoint, social standpoint, and environmental standpoint, I think, I think, and and I think we're seeing it already. So yes, I think this is going to be changing. Is this going to be changing fast enough? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, we are putting a lot of energy for that to happen. Alex, uh, your thoughts? Are you uh, optimistic as well? Well, I'm I'm also optimistic by nature. I mean, otherwise, I wouldn't have created an NGO, basically. Uh, so, <laughs> but but I'm I'm also very optimistic on very very uh, scientific grounds. So, first of all, you have the states and on a supranational level, on the EU level and UN level, a lot of stuff going on. When we started ten years ago, there was basically nothing. So then you have all the private sector doing a lot of stuff. Okay, for all the reasons that Stefan correctly said. But if, if I would point to one thing, because we speak with the whole society here in Greece, but especially with schools, we, sp- we speak to about four to 5,000 children every year. And this is where you get optimistic. Because if you speak to a seven-year-old, my, my son is seven years old, um, and, you, and you speak to, in 45 minutes with an inspired way, uh, in an inclusive, inspired way, and, and, and you showcase how big of a thing it is to waste food for the environment, for the society, for, for economic reasons, and then how nice it is not to waste food or give it to people in need. And you see children's and seven years and eight years re- rewire their brain in only 45 minutes. And I have so many examples of, of that. You get really optimistic because the next generation, uh, they will have it as a given that it's not permitted to throw food away. So that's why I'm very, very optimistic. 
Alex and Stefan, thank you both so much for joining us today. And of course, thank you to you for listening to this episode of Nutrition for Life, which has been brought to you by Herbalife Nutrition. Check out Herbalife Nutrition at IamHerbalifeNutrition.com for more information. And if you have any questions or thoughts you want to share on anything you've heard in this podcast, join in the conversation on social media. Just use the hashtag Nutrition for Life. And please join us again for another episode of Nutrition for Life, the podcast that goes beyond your plate.